0: Hey, look, everybody, we're back again, because there's still things in the world that make us think of things, which is literally, and I have made some bad intros in my life, but that's the worst one. It's episode 58 of Tangential Convergence. Ken, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, thanks. How's the weather there?
1: It's beautiful. It is 17 degrees Celsius. Nice. It is sunny. It was like this yesterday. We... Mm went downtown in Kingston and it's, it's full coming this weekend. So it's fake homecoming next weekend is homecoming. Daniel, this is, I don't know if they have this in Russia, but (laughs) university students and alumni gather uh, once a year, but now for some reason, two weekends a year, because we have a fake version and often uh, your university, if it has a football team uh, has a, has a big home game and the alumni come back and they see things. So, it was very busy downtown. I, they right. must be handing out free miniskirts to all women in Kingston because <laughs> everyone was cosplaying as a Queen's University cheerleader for some reason.
0: Oh.
1: Uh, lots of gear, lots of swag. Yeah. And uh, we're just preparing this week to do a bunch of uh, alumni related things with archival material <laughs> on display in various locations.
0: Exciting exciting yeah. uh here it's also 17 degrees so it's great and uh as ken mentioned our our, our old uh friend of the show russian expert because he's the russian we know <laughs> daniel uh barabanov i'm pronouncing that correctly right yeah yeah no, see no. I, pretty close right like it's not bad i didn't say barabanov because that's that would... russian well i um, mean I, i'm not speaking russian <laughs> so I will, no i have learned dan has taught me some words um privet is hello i know that one uh yeah. my son knew that from modern warfare uh <laughs> anyway uh yes welcome back to Digital convergence we're going to talk you can probably guess especially considering daniel's here but even if Daniel weren't here we'd be talking about the war in ukraine putin's war of choice as many people have called it um there's a lot of stuff going on i mean it's hard to talk about individual things and i think right now what's going on currently apparently is that uh, in Kherson? It's a It's a is that right? Yeah, Kherson. Yeah. Yeah. Kherson. Wow. That, that, okay. There's a weird little phoneme in there. I don't. I can't make. <laughs> that apparently reports uh, out of the area are saying that the Russians have actually evacuated um, their officers from there, which is probably not a very good idea. If you're a Russian soldier, uh, it's good if you don't want the Russians to win. And also uh, the fact that, you know, originally they kept saying when the offensive started back in, what was that, September, late August, that they were going to go south, they're going south, they're going south. And everybody believed them except the Ukrainian army who knew they were actually going north. And it now seems like they're swinging around south. So it's the idea. And one of the things I thought we could talk about is the use of deception in warfare. And in this, you know, what they've done here is they talked about i mean all over social media all over official channels like the ukrainian uh defense ministry on twitter uh saying things in the media generally everybody is expecting the offensive it's going to go south it's going to go south and they went north and they routed the russians up north right um and now they're swinging south i i think that you know we'll see how it goes but Things there's, there's also the other neat th- thing they've done here. I think is what you're supposed to do is they've paused. You're supposed to you can't just keep going, going and going and going. Is something that General Patton learned a long time ago, uh, and also I mean the Germans learned invading the Soviet Union in 1941. At some point you have to stop. Uh, so the, the Ukrainians are smart enough that they know that that they have to stop. Uh, so they did, and now it looks like they're heading towards the south and sort of holding the line everywhere else. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know, I'll open it up to you guys, but I think the use of deception that the Ukrainians have shown in this recent phase of the war is something that is a very, it's a classic military thing, and I can't believe the Russians fell for it. I'll say that, and I'll open it up to what you guys think about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of examples of sort of broadcasting in the clear and or. Um, you know, going to great lengths to also, you know, doing something that looks secret, but get, you know, getting caught. So the example of the, um, the man that never was right. Exactly. So that the British do uh, create a complete history of a guy who doesn't exist so that the body can wash up on the shores of Spain, yes. hoping uh, that the uh, Spanish fascists will turn over the documents to the Germans and that the Germans will not believe that we will not believe this is a giant, hoax but also a lot of signal traffic right so Patton's ghost army in the United Kingdom I'm sure on the eastern front there's probably all sorts of like examples of uh you know doing having a lot of traffic to make people think that there's something actually going on while forces are redeployed and and used elsewhere and of course like just playing battle tech on the computer recently and I was thinking of the launch, I think, of the fourth succession war and battle in Battletech okay. uh, in that universe was there was a great uh, marriage between two of the the warring houses. And so mm. everyone had settled down for like celebrations. And at the height of this wedding, the one guy is ah. getting married, says, I give you to his new bride, I give you, you know, whatever it was that they were taking over. And at that point their combined forces you know launched a a surprise attack so everyone was looking at one thing and they were doing something else and I think that's sort of an example of what's going on here you get people looking and I think maybe a reflection too because the signal traffic for the Russian army or not the army but the people in the army I mean a lot Mm -hmm. of cell phones a lot of recorded stuff like if your own signals traffic is kind of sloppy you might tend to think that the other side is also as sloppy as you yeah. are
0: yeah i think that's part of it i mean and dan you can speak to this because i mean from being russian and having you know obviously lived there most of your life the idea that everybody lives this way and this is how everybody is is a very common thing in russia right
2: yeah it's some sort of you know common belief is that right People everywhere are the same as in Russia. Politicians everywhere are the same as in Russia. You know, life conditions pretty the same as in Russia. Everywhere. So people, I guess people just really like to believe in that because in that case you're doing great and you don't need to immigrate and you don't need to change things because, you know, people in other countries, they can be more active, they can act, you know, more you know clever way and still they have pretty the same result so mm-hmm. why to be you know so active and act clever is a, a, because it's you know senseless and yeah. meaningfulness just why, why why to do anything so it's kind <laughs> of you know yeah. calming thoughts that you can have
0: it's a calming but are. it's it's also a disturbing thought isn't it i mean i know having talked to you over the years that you were sort of the guy who would say to people, no, it really isn't like that over there. And they're all like, nah, you're crazy. Fake nose, fake nose. Um, sure. And, no, I, you not know, to
2: this, not to this extent, but sure. uh, for example, I made, you know, kind of personal research. So I started to collect data about mm-hmm different countries before we decided to immigrate in canada for example we right. considered immigration in australia or new zealand because they also have you know transparent system of immigration mm-hmm. um point based system and uh, it's easy to apply right. and we decided to compare all the countries with russia tools to collect some data and i shared my my like info with my friends and students and not colleagues in less extent, and nobody actually believes this info. Like for example, there is uh, you know some international indexes sure. like about you know, happiness and in life index or human development uh, index or something like that, and people ah who, who makes those ratings? Right. You know, yes guys those those ratings are paid you know they're rigged uh and they are twisted uh, in the ways that who, who makes rating makes his country you know upper in this rating right and countries he dislikes for example and everybody convinced that uh, every everyone dislikes russia and yeah. no everyone dislikes putin not yeah. russia it's not the same it's yeah. not the same so uh, and people in russia should be you know disliking putin <laughs>
0: too, well but, they should be yes
2: yeah and a lot of people are but still not yeah. enough yeah so for sure. i think that in this concrete case about you know military tactics and dece- deception i guess a lot of people could even understand that what will be the next ukrainian move right but the problems with the chain of command And making decisions are so great that if even like one person will be, you know, general and chief commander will be teleported from future knowing exactly what will happen next month. He couldn't do anything because actually all the decisions are made uh, in Kremlin and political figures can't command military properly because they don't know what to do and they don't listen to each other. Yeah. And also the Chinese command is broken because we have, you know, independent armies as Chevaka Wagner and Ramzan Kadyrov's, you know, forces. And they are acting uh, independent. The, 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 and people call that the, tick,
0: the TikTok army. That, those Chechens, make they make great TikTok videos. That's, that's yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: But <laughs> still, you know, we are talking about, you know, uh, Chevaka Wagner is 20,000 yeah. people. It's a huge military force. Mm-hmm. It's commanded like you know, medieval army, right where each lord has its own small army, they come the forces, they can act, you know, together appropriately. Right. And Ukrainians are just playing smart. They have well, less resources, they have less artillery, they have less you know troops, yeah, uh, and still they're playing smart and it's more effective just because they understand what is chain of command, for example.
0: Right. And I mean, it's it, this. This reminds me uh, of of a, a clip uh, of of Norman Schwarzkopf. Actually, I sent Ken maybe three months ago. I think I'd been drinking, and I was watching a. Well, I probably was, and I I certainly was, and I was watching a, a documentary about the Gulf War in 1991, and uh, during a press conference, a reporter asked Schwarzkopf what he thought of Saddam Hussein as a military man, and the, the Schwarzkopf went ha, and then he said. He's not schooled in the operational art. He's not a tactician and he's not a strategist. Other than that, he's an amazing soldier. Uh, and that's, and I mean, when you look, in oh. fact, yeah, I mean, it, Schwarzkopf was, I mean, I don't think politically I would have got along with him, but I think on a lot of other levels I would have. Uh, and, you know, I mean, he, along with some other people with a masterminds of a great feint in. Uh, the Gulf War, the so-called Hail Mary, where they went all from the West and sort of did a uh, end around, I guess they called it, uh, you know, the sweep across with the French at the far corner. Uh, and then they just swept across Iraq and the Iraqis just didn't expect it because they're like, no, no, they're going to come here. And the the Americans even had Marines in landing crafts outside Kuwait city, just sitting there. And the, and the Iraqis were like, no, oh, they're, they're going to be right here. It's like, no, they're way over. Here. So I think there's a lot of that too, where, you know, that's just, sorry, that's another, uh, I think a great example of, of uh, this happening where you've got this sort of um, faking the other guy out. And it's been something that people have been doing in warfare forever. And it almost kind of amazes me that anyone ever um, could, would fall for, would, would, sorry, Yeah, would fall for such a thing. I remember when the Ukrainians were saying, "No, everybody was saying the Ukrainians are going to go north. They're going to go north. They're going to go south. They're going to go south." And I remember sitting there thinking, "They aren't so stupid as to tell everybody what they're going to do. They're a Western-trained military with using Western doctrine. Um, That's just not what happens, right?" So I don't know. I mean, that's one example. There's a couple examples there. Uh, Ken seems to have dropped a bunch of things in our chat. Uh, oh, the fourth six. Oh, that's the thing about the about that game, eh? Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't. What is that game like? I don't know that game.
1: Uh, it's tabletop giant <laughs> robots. Uh, there's a <laughs> <Nice>. whole lore <laughs> built up around it, sort of like there was a Star League basically, and it broke into sort of almost feudal uh, well kingdoms, and right. uh, they're kind of at a stalemate over the years. This really become quite static and it begins as a sort of tabletop game and then it sort of developed the lore and then you get the mech warrior video games out of that. Oh yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, that's it's correct. all
1: it's all that. So that's the the wedding if you read that article it's all this stuff that House um Davian did to sort of draw everyone's attention away to the celebrations. But right. Um, well,
0: well, I, I mean, thinking, yeah, go ahead, sorry.
1: No, I was just thinking like you know, like the Ukrainian army also just benefit from like uh, like a shorter logistical tail. Oh, yeah. I mean, in some ways, but it has to pull stuff from outside of the country as well. Mm-hmm. So it's operating on, you know, interior lines and all those other maxims of military warfare. But there is a real art too. And there's only so many places that you can actually go. Like there's only... It's pretty clear what Ukraine would like to get back, right? Like yeah, it's, the places that it's we're on taking. the map, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, the three of so, us can say what Ukraine really wants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: It's also the same thing, I think, for the Russian army. There's only so many, you know, Ukraine has a territorial limit, so there's only so many places that perhaps the Russian army can go. But it is um, yeah, historically there's always people have found a way to get you to look the other way and sometimes it is as much like it's as much the other side's ineptitude or failures or you know it's because people like a politician has their eye on something else that perhaps a general on the ground would say no 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 this isn't this isn't a good idea like people end up believing their own bullshit at some point sometimes exactly
0: yeah i think that's that's a lot of what's happened with putin i mean and when you th- I mean, when, when, when Daniel mentioned the idea of, you know, uh, politicians getting involved in you as well, Ken, the first thing that comes to mind is LBJ pouring over over maps of yes. North Vietnam thinking we should bomb here. And, you know, the yeah. Air Force General's going, well, you know, are you in the Air Force? Uh, of course well, and then when, when
1: things don't go right, he, you know, he throws giant hissy fits and he talks them in a way that you wouldn't talk to anyone.
0: Yeah, like even right.
1: Stalin. I mean, he might have played like Zhukov and and the other commanders against each other, but yeah. at, the, at the Battle of
0: Berlin, man, that's what they did. There
1: <laughs> are examples where he's you know told commanders like, "Go away and rethink what you've said to me," and he come they come back several times and say, "No, this is still we think this is the right way to go," and he goes with it. I mean, you know, still could end up killing them, but. <laughs> I think he, he did learn at some point, perhaps he wasn't a battlefield commander. He was a lot of other things, but you think he could recognize that? Yeah. But like, That's this fine. is sort of like yeah. private armies and yeah. like constantly playing with leadership.
0: Exactly. Dan,
1: you want to say something. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: yeah. It took Stalin two years to understand that he's not a military commander. <laughs> After the half of the Soviet Union Union army collapsed and Moscow was almost taken by Nazis. And only after that, he decided that, you know, maybe Zhukov can command army a bit better than me. So, and the same thing happened to Hitler when he started to command Mm -hmm. his force, But at the end of the war, and we see how it ends for Nazis' army, so it's not a a really good idea to you know when you know putin for example it's itself starting to command. but to be uh, fair to russian army her was kind of an obvious you know goal mm-hmm, because sure. it's really vulnerable and it's this place is very important because liberating uh black the black sea coast is very important for ukrainians mm-hmm. in terms of exporting, for example, the grain and restoring their international trade. So, and Kherson at the same time is, uh, uh, I don't know how how, how to uh, interpret this, but maybe the best, uh, you know, Russian trophy so far, because right. it's uh, it's the uh, only uh, big cities there could, you know, seize, and it it isn't destroyed as Mariupol. So right. it's kind of a trophy that uh, Putin could present to Russian society as some sort of win. Right. And if Ukrainians will take it over, there is no thing Putin can demonstrate as kind of win in this war. So uh, that's why a lot of people work against and They will attack Kherson because it will be, you know, in, in a huge image loss for you know, Putin's regime. And it was, you know, strategically, you know, kind of obvious goal. So I guess so. It's not not only the trick that you know uh, sure. Ukrainians deceived Russian, but there was some sense in that. But actually, they are, you know, played smart and overplayed Russian, you know, army. Yeah. it's what happens when you have a huge battle front of thousands, you know, of kilometers. Yeah. You just uh, and. Actually, Russian troops, you know, even at the beginning of these invasions, they gathered not enough troops for Blitzkrieg. So I read somewhere that you need to have like triple uh, forces. Yeah, at three to, three, three, yeah,
0: the standard doctrine is three to one. Yeah, that's what you yeah. usually oh. hear. And the, uh, the americans typically now in wars uh i think the powell doctrine says we only go in when we're going to win so it's 10 to 1 <laughs> uh you know so to be sure yeah
2: and russia put one to one yeah and which
0: is not really usually good. going to work um it works if you are so if you're like <laughs> thinking I think I play a lot of civilization. So, I mean, if I'm, if I'm one tech level ahead, ahead of a, uh, another civilization and, and they attack me, I usually, I usually have the same way. Re- I don't play aggressively in civilization. I, I just, I wait till people attack me. I do research. Uh, and it's always, I always say the same thing when, 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 you know, Gilgamesh declares war on me with war carts and I've got planes, it's like, dude, do you really want to do this? You really want to do? Okay, fine. We'll do it. If you want to do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it, yeah, I guess it's obvious that it was coming to Kherson, but it, it's more a question of, you know, falling hook, line and sinker, which is what the whole world did, not just the Russian army, the whole world did. I would just expect, and I mean, you, you, your talk about the, the chain of command and all that stuff is, that's the, extremely important, right? Because the idea that that Putin knows anything about running a military campaign I mean, I've, I honestly think that the three of us and Dan could, you know, he he can, we could figure stuff out and then Dan could interpret. It'd be great. Um, <laughs> and uh, then again, I don't think I want to fight for the Russians. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, this also makes me think a lot about sort of big countries or big civilizations invading smaller ones. And it hardly ever works, right? I, I You know, and I think about in, in uh, what do you call it? In, in, in science fiction, the first thing that comes to mind immediately to me at least is in Deep Space 9, when the Cardassians uh, run Bajor for all those years, but they never really run it. You know it never really this kind of thing hardly ever works. It may take a hundred years. It may take even further, but eventually people who are oppressed stand up. Right? I mean, it's pretty rare. I don't know what you guys think, but it's pretty to me. Oppressed people tend to eventually rebel. Is that not the case? So so. Yeah, yeah it really depends. Depends. Yeah, if, yeah
2: if it didn't work like at ever, we won't see any empires.
0: No, no, that's true. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that, that it doesn't happen, but eventually yeah. things crumble. Now I guess everything is ephemeral, right? So all Nation states, all empires, all of them are eventually going to disappear because they can't be around forever. You know, the, the Roman Empire lasted a long time, but it did collapse. Um, and part of the reason it collapsed is they kept saying, you know, allowing barbarians to move into Roman territory. Um, and you know, the the in in Eng- they tried this in England when you know the Angles and the Saxons are there because they were invited there to fight off the Danes, and then they also invited other Vikings. And then eventually when you keep having people that kept fighting against you as you're living in towns that are basically uh, made up of those people, eventually they rebel. You know, um, this is something that's been happening, you know, throughout history. I, I guess, I mean, I always hear these things about Putin. Oh, he's, he's a student of history, you know? And it's like, I don't think he's a student of history. I think he's a student of Russian myths.
2: No, he likes, you know, imaginary history. So. that's what I mean. Yeah. Right. Numerous jokes where you know, uh, uh, it's kind of all the Putin's dream about you know, Nazis drug dealers in Ukraine and you know, Jewish people committing Holocaust. Remember, they are gay
0: Nazi Jews, just remember, yeah,
2: Putin, (laughs) Putin, come on, you should, you know, awake. You you had a bad dream, (laughs) all that he actually believes in this nonsense, yeah, and never. Kherson, actually, I, you know, wanted to discuss. So we are seeing like troops uh, moving out of there. Yeah. But uh, there are two possible interpretations actually. Of what's happening? So the first one, you know, which is highly likely, is that Russians actually leaving Kherson and they want to, you know, bulk their forces on Donbas and Lugansk, mm-hmm. you know, um, direction. So, they can seize at least some part of you know Ukrainian land uh, and secure that. But the other interpretation is more disturbing and it's connected with tactical nuclear, uh, you know, strike on this territory. So, Russians are leaving and evacuating people just to bomb Ukrainian forces who gathered there, uh, like as an act of you know terror, yeah, uh, trying to set. Weird way to you know negotiate these conditions. So, what do you think about that?
0: I don't think that. Well, they, if they tried that, they haven't been paying attention, because the Ukrainians have been saying all along, "No, um, we would like all our all our country back. Thanks." Um, so, but I, I didn't
2: pay attention even during you know invasion. So actually, Ukrainians <laughs> were talking. To, no, you can't do that. No, you can't we have are- this.
0: This is ours, no. right?
2: No flowers for you guys. No canes. <laughs>
0: we yeah. not- well, you'll, you'll, yeah, you, get, you get flowers. You get sunflowers. Um, I mean, in some ways, I, this is classic colonialism. And I mean, we think about this in this country because we think about the fact that, you know, this 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 land was all taken by treaty. And I'm putting that in air quotes for people that don't see because this is a video podcast. But, I, I, I you know, <laughs> the treaties aren't really paid attention to a lot. Um, but it's this notion that you can just take stuff that is, I I think is probably the biggest, I mean, even, and I'm not going to defend the United States actions in Iraq the second time, I'm not, but they did leave and they, they never said, and we're going to turn Iraq into the 51st state of the United States, like in Watchmen, right, Ken, about turning Vietnam into the 51st state, right? Because, I mean, that's the first thing I think of. I think of I think of Vietnam, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, pretty or else, Ken said. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, it reminds me of, in, you know, in, in, in Watchmen, eventually when they're so powerful, then mm-hmm. that's the story. Is that right, Ken? Because I haven't read yeah,
1: it. Yeah, they're so powerful. They use Dr. Manhattan just to win the war, basically. And they can keep the Soviet Union at bay because Dr. Manhattan can do anything. He's basically more powerful than Superman yeah. He's just literally a god, right, who yeah. happened to be created in America. Um, and but, he works you know, for I, Nixon.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Nixon's like been president four times or something like that at that point yeah, in the story. Um, and then, the, you know, when he, when he leaves, you know, everything goes to hell uh, yeah. because they're so used to having that preponderance of power. But it's still, like, you know, historically to have an empire and to take to really hold a place for a long time, you got to be committed to like overwhelming force in unlimited bloodshed. So I think of yeah. the Roman Republic's conquest of the Iberian Peninsula, mm-hmm. which took repeated tries. And then, even then, you know, the, the people who settle there end up being something a little bit different from, say, Romans in Italy and Gaul, like Julius Caesar's bloodletting in Gaul is probably one of the greatest. You know, genocides in history, like the amount of, he he had so many slaves that the market fell out of the bottom for in a society that required slaves to, you know, function properly. Mm -hmm. Like there's just anyone who had a slave at that point after the Gallic Wars, like there were so many of them. So between, like, you, and then, you know, Gaul becomes pacified as part of the Western Roman Empire for quite a long time. Right. But like to do that, I mean, I think of even Lenin's reconquest of the Ukraine after the Russian Revolution is a tremendous bloodletting even then to to Mm -hmm. hold it and make it part of the Soviet Union. But I find fascinating is the reaction of all the Central Asian republics recently to meetings with Putin. And I, 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 I wonder what will happen there, whether they will all just take this opportunity to turn on each other or if they will become something else or if if China will prey on the whole lot of everyone seeing the weakness that's there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if, and this is to the, you know, the, the the further ramifications and I mean, this is kind of goes back to what what Dan said, the idea that if, if, if let's say that somehow this all ended up with the, the Russians using some weapon of mass destruction and hoping for negotiations from that, which is not really, crazy, how,
2: but, you know,
0: this yeah, but he's, but he's but he, yeah exactly, and in fact, that is Soviet. Well, Soviet. It was Soviet military doctrine. It's Russian military doctrine too. The idea that if if Russia is actually threatened, they would use it. Right. Uh, it should also be noted that in the 1970s, that was NATO no military doctrine because there were so many Soviet tanks that there's no way we would have been able to stop them. Um, the idea that you have you have to like like Ken's right. I think that the idea that you have to commit to unlimited bloodshed and just to quote pacify somewhere. And I mean, you know, Ukraine wasn't quote pacified until after World War II. You know, and even after after World War II, there were still bands of partisans in Ukraine and in Belarus up into the mid-1950s that lived in sort of camps in the backwoods. I don't know if you know about this, Dan, because they, may, they didn't teach you that in school. I'm not sure, you're nodding your head. I guess they did. They you know, probably not don't
2: school, actually, I was kind of lucky because, you know, I graduated from school in uh, 2006 mm-hmm. before heavy censorship, you know, okay. came to schools, and I w- we didn't have, uh, uniform at school and less you know patriotic stuff i'm quoting this yeah yes yeah, so, you know patriotic in russia is loving putin yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's not patriotic yeah, yeah. so and uh, we were taught about you know molotov-ribbentrop pact and secret you know agreements about right are uh, in poland and all of that so actually i grew up on a you know better sources of information and people before me and after me so yeah i i i know about you know a lot of you know uh, former soviet republics had like huge history of you know rebellions and resistance towards soviet you know yeah uh, government uh but you know i i actually i don't understand even what was like the sense of you know uh Conquering Ukraine again, conquering Baltic countries again—what what was the point? I, I don't know. Actually, it's you know, it's econo- economical burden. You have yeah. you know, you know a destroyed region, with people uh, who hate you. Who hate and you? Huge, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need to like pay for reconstruction of everything. You need to pay huge money for you know, militia, police, and army just to you know, stay in control of that region. Everybody hates you. You spent enormous, you know, money for that, and like, what's the profit? What's the price? What's the trophy? You know, nothing. And and
0: it's and, and, it's, and it's, it's it's that's a very I very sort of almost a nineteenth century attitude, right? Is well, I, I took yeah, I mean, this now it's yeah. mine. <laughs> uh, and you know, and this this reminds me, in fact, a lot, uh, Ken, of of Babylon Five, the idea of the uh, Centauri taking over the Narn homeworld. And they they eventually, you know, in the first part of the show, uh, the first part of that series, they 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 withdraw because it they were explicitly say this is not worth it. And the same sort of thing yeah. happens, I think, with the uh Cardassians and the Bajorian Bajorians, yeah. right? It's like this isn't worth it anymore.
1: Yeah, we're spending way, 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 way too much to hold. And they can't, their their empires are weakening, right? Like they can't hold on to it even for the sake of like it's like the glory of empire. Like I put in the chat, yeah, it's like exactly. you're doing it because you have this romanticized image of who and what you are. Yeah. And it can only be sustained by holding on to all these things. Like all these places are, you know, different. They're, you know, ethnically, <laughs> demographically, whatever, like they're yeah. <laughs> eventually, unless you're committed to like the insane bloodletting, you're going to, something's going to give.
0: Or you have to, or if you completely defeat, and I mean Germany in World War II, Japan in World War II level of defeat, you can't do you can't that like that. And even then, yeah, there are still American and British military bases in Germany. <laughs> there are still American bases in Japan. Japan's basically a great big American aircraft carrier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and yeah, you know, those bases now aren't there to pacify it those people, because in fact, the people have come around to, yeah, you know, that, the people that ran us before weren't so great Though one could make a whole, we could have a whole discussion about some other time perhaps about mm. Japanese attitudes even to this day about World War II, because they aren't really taught anything. They re- um, they, but
1: they remain, the bases remain uh, the projection of power, right? Yep. Even if it's a different kind of imperial it's still... Project, you're, maybe you're not projecting power on Japanese people. You're projecting to their neighbors next door, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. you're just you're telling North Korea, for example, or China, um, these are our friends. Don't do this. Uh, and like, I don't think China would be so stupid as to attack Taiwan, as Putin has and been now. We see
2: it how it ends.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>
2: Russian right. An example is not so great, but maybe it save us uh, saves us from you know worse you know uh timeline where you know yeah. china Taiwan, and, and everything collapses because you know the whole economic world economic system is you know based on you know trade between china and the u.s and you know maybe it saved us from wars in uh, you know future but actually you know putin actually believes that people in Ukraine will cheer him up and like, you know, uh, and the Russian troops will be, you know, honored guests and invited (laughs) with, you know, bread and salt by, you know, Russian and Ukrainian tradition. And actually after that, you know, I didn't, we can't know what he's thinking about the situation, but because we don't know a how rational Putin is and how sane he is. B, what information he actually gets because he doesn't use internet, the internet, and he gets only info from FSB and they feed him with, you know, huge disinformation as it was before this invasion. He mm-hmm. was convinced that Ukrainians love Russians uh, because of FSB, you know, uh, info. Yeah. And see how far he will gonna get with this. So. What we see now, it's kind of you know, Kremlin and Putin—they don't know what to do actually. So this thing with mobilization and all that—it's just buying some time, yeah. Uh, in desperate hope that some see, some solution will pop out, you know, itself. So for example, you know, cold winter will. You know, uh, influence Ukrainians and Europeans' uh, decision to negotiate and something, but it doesn't work. And I actually, you know, <laughs> it's disturbing that Russians can use you know tactical nuclear weapon. And actually, if they, I use would bet.
0: I'll bet you, and I've said this before. I'll bet you a hundred bucks they won't. They won't. But anyway, continue. And I don't want. I I want to win that bet, and I'm sure you don't want to win it. But uh, anyway,
2: yeah, continue. I, I don't want to win it, and. <laughs> I don't want a nuclear war. No, of course
0: not. <laughs> yeah, as That's Joe a controversial. Da- ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Barabanov has taken the controversial stance that he does not want a nuclear war. So just saying.
2: <laughs> so I don't know why. It sounds, like <laughs> not very it
0: sounds like it's not. It doesn't seem fun. Yeah.
2: So as Joe Biden said, it will change the face of war forever. It and would, just yeah. don't. Like he he say he was saying it's like, you know, to, to his dog, you know, don't, don't, don't. But
0: it's actually- <laughs> No, exactly. How yeah. He, yeah. I mean, I, I, I what, what? the other thing that, you know, one of the things the Russians have started to do is to bomb, uh, purposely bomb civilian infrastructure and say that they're doing it, right? I mean, they've yeah, been doing it's,
2: it- It's a winter master plan. So yeah. you just bomb, you know, electrical plants and heating People yep. sit all winter with, you know, no food or no heating or no electricity, and after that, they somehow will like you and will uh, give <laughs> yeah. you 20 percent of their land mass, and it will be fine, and it will lead to peace and prosperity for both nations. So it's a great plan, you know, yeah. very reliable.
0: I mean, this we, this would be like if Mexico. if if the states decided to I don't know take over Mexico. Though I mean a better example would be Canada, frankly, because we're culturally a lot more similar. Um, we wouldn't be friendly with them forever. I mean, this is the, the thing that one of the things that I, I hear you do hear some people say, I wish all these natives would get over the idea, you know. Yeah, well, you know, they've had a pretty bad thing that happened, and of course people are gonna be angry about these things. Um, but the 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 idea of sort of also bombing people into submission, um
2: it doesn't work so it doesn't work and actually i'm pretty surprised that russians use this you know weird tactics because for example if russia attacks ukraine in february but they're not committing these numerous war crimes you know raping you know bombing civilians destroying you know civil infrastructure all that they're just actually you know attacking army it will uh provide you know ukrainians with some sort of a choice but when you're you know torturing prisoners you rape women and you know you kill children people have no choice only you know That's right. continue to fight you until the end the price of their life so it's actually what you know Germans did in the USSR, mm-hmm. and they if they' won't be doing such stuff i guess you know so we people could overthrow stalin and you know, become you know Hitler's I think, I think, just I think that would have been difficult yeah it. yeah so it was kind of a choice but if you have a choice you will die horrible death or will you will continue fighting what will you choose it's obvious yeah so you know, <laughs> i think so this, this tactics you know provokes uh ukrainians just to fight until they very end, no matter what cost, because, you know, the opposite alternative will be worse. You know, right. being under Russian occupation is horrible. And we see, like, what happened, you know, uh, in these basements in Izum. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, you know, so terrifying that, you know, we, you, you will, you know, <laughs> die on the grenade, you know, blasts more eagerly than, you know, to become yeah. Russian prisoner.
0: Exactly. I mean, what, can... What,
2: what, it's a calculation of Russian, yeah. you know, military command and no actually. There is I mean, no I, sense
0: in- I, I think about when the American when the Allies in World War II said that they, they wanted unconditional surrender, one of the things which you know which, that actually increased support in Germany for the Nazis, right, Ken? Like I think that's what happened yeah that,
1: sorry, I have to give you guys a heads up. I have to head into work. The alarm's been tripped three more times. so I need oh my a God security they, supervisor. They,
0: people are are t- taking books from the Queen's University Library.
1: No, it's probably a pest running past <laughs> the social motion sensor. Oh my but God. just ju- but just to be sure, yes, it might not be anything. I'm going to go meet the security supervisor so my apologies I have to Okay. depart early. Well, you
0: can you take off. We'll continue talking for another little bit. Uh, thanks okay. as usual and uh thanks, I will talk man. I will talk to you soon, Ken. Okay. Excellent. Um I mean when when as I said when 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 the allies said that they would have uh they will ask for unconditional surrender that that they demanded that you know support for the the For the, so the German government actually increased in Germany. Now, you might say, well, the Allies did win World War Two, and they did bomb the hell out of Germany and Japan. Yes, that's true. Um, the big difference here is that it was literally the whole world <laughs> against Germany and Japan. Uh, there's that old Norm Macdonald, there, you know, like that, where you, they thought they'd take on the whole world, and then they almost won. Um, so it's the same kind of thing here, you know.
2: You know, yeah. Dave. Everybody forgets about Italy, and I suppose it's not fair because they did a lot of bad stuff too. So yeah. I don't like where all the blame comes to Germany and Japan and Italy is somehow you know just
0: you know. Well, they switch. They oh, did switch. Nice they guys. switched teams partway through, and we'll give them some credit there. Uh, of course, now they're also they're also they're run by fascists again. Though interestingly, the new uh, prime minister of Italy has really distanced herself from mm-hmm. Putin. You know, because because Putin's not popular. This is the thing that the Russians, I don't think, are get is the idea of soft power. They don't seem to understand it at all, right? If, I
2: I am actually really surprised by how things are going because, like, even ten years ago, Kremlin, you know, did things, you know a bit you know more precise way you know yes. gentler without you know such S- soft things
0: soft power I yeah.
2: actually, i'm don't understand you know the master plan of putin in ukraine it's just you know looks like you know just dump rage you don't like me so i will revenge you you didn't you know like my soldiers and you didn't give me any flowers so now i will Bomb you to complete extinction, so it's yeah. kind of you know, where you know, emotional, genocidal decisions, which looks like you know, actually, you know, some kind of Attila the Hun or something, you know, and it, yeah, it, I that's, didn't that, think, I'll I, tell I, you, I how see we this in the modern politics.
0: Yeah, this is the thing. It's not modern. That's that's the thing that to me, the, the biggest thing of all of this is that it isn't modern. It it reminds me of stuff that people used to do a long time ago and they don't do so much anymore. And like I said, I'm not defending the American uh, and British and uh, whatever action in uh, you know the invasion of of, of Iraq in, in 2003, but the war aim was never, we want to make this part of the United States. Um yeah, one could argue yeah, that. You it know. Will,
2: it will be wild if you know the US will you know annex territories abroad.
0: It's not. Yeah. It's not something that they used to, and everybody used to do that. And we all sort of, after World War II, everybody, right. went, you know, we probably should stop doing that. And everybody sort of mostly stopped. It happens, and it's not good, and no one's saying it's it's the right thing. But it seems like a lot of other. Countries and um, polities in general have learned that that doesn't work. You know, I mean, the, the fall of the Berlin Wall and the this, the 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 end of the sort of Soviet bloc, the Eastern Bloc, showed that the people, when they want to, and when they when you get enough of them, you know, the idea of you know people protesting in Dresden in 1990 or in 89, it was the sort of notion of well, they can't put us all in jail. Um, they can't kill all of us. Then again, in 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 Tiananmen Square, in people thought that people thought that too, and <laughs> we all know what happened there. So, um, so
2: I wanted to cover, you know, really small related topic about sure. that. As I perceive this, you know, Russians in general, Russian society in general, has mm-hmm. you know uh, a really weird, you know, feature. Um, that people don't here don't understand, like in Canada and Europe, in the yep. US. It's different time perspective. Okay. So people in Russia think about future like less than half a year ahead. There is nothing beyond that line. Okay. And that's how people make decisions. And you know, Putin and his cronies is not the exception. So they plan like you know several months in ahead and they don't uh, you know make logical chains? You know about how it will lead to that and that and that and further perspective. Like right. when people were shocked by the decision of Putin to declare war to Ukraine, there were think, oh, we had you know almost eighty years of peace after the World War Two. Mm-hmm. There was no you know big war in europe it will lead to such 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 consequences in a year in the two years and three years and they import sanctions it will work like months it take a long time to, yeah years.
0: that's right it, it,
2: it's nothing for like a russian people just because yes. you know you're saying like it's the same as i will say dave your decision will lead to horrible consequences yeah 500 years in future in and <laughs> Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I well, and at that, it and it that point
0: it'd be like, "Well, I'll be dead by then." It's it's the yeah. sort of a, it's so, the sort of attitude that someone has yeah. who smokes cigarettes. It's like, "Well, this will kill me, but it's not going to kill me tomorrow." <laughs> you know,
2: it's yeah. it, it increases probability, probability. Of exactly. Yeah. So and. For people in Russia, like, you know, where everybody described as a horrible consequences, how well they'll end up with uh, you know, complete disintegration of country, losing, you know, monopoly on violence and, you know, political degradation, economical stuff. It's just, you know, you're discussing this with people who don't understand, like, what will be in the next three months. Right. It doesn't care. So it, it's beyond the time perspective, and how Putin makes decisions. You see, like I will, you know, uh, make mobilization and right. what, how it will work, and people saying, you know, it doesn't work in six year, uh, you know, months perspective, in a year perspective. But for Putin, it's like, you know, solution for this week. You know, <laughs> I will have my news for propaganda channels, and it's fine, and I will stay in power for next two weeks. And it works. Has it always
0: been like that, though? Because, I mean, I I think the notion originally, I mean, you think I think when I think back to say the Soviet Union, it was always like, eventually we'll get to communism. And that's why we're doing all these sacrifices now, because eventually we will have this utopia. And that's very that's extremely long term thinking. Or was that just cynicism, uh, just a cynical thing to tell the people?
2: I suppose that like even during the Stalin reigns, everybody uh, in the power. Uh, were understanding that communism is unreachable. Right. You know, after that, I guess during the Brezhnev reigns, it came just to regular people. And the SAR was very, you know, tactical planning, you know, state and the Russian Federation too, because of you new know, constant crises, you needs to solve a lot of problems. No one knows how it works, what's happening. And people ju- just were planning, you know, several months ahead. It's starting to change during 2000s when the economical situation became better, but last year it it was you know degenerating, mm-hmm. and now there uh, there was kind of planning for one electoral cycle until the next elections at least. But yeah. now it doesn't work even so. So their plan like I. I bet like six months ahead. It's long-term planning. It's going
0: to be <laughs> that's difficult. long-term thinking, right? I mean, yeah. I guess we're sort of yeah. facing that too with the, the climate crisis. A lot of people are just like, "Well, wait, we it's not yet." And I mean, you got to constantly tell people, "Look at the weather. Just look at the weather. It's not very. It's bad." It's I mean, already- it shouldn't really. It shouldn't be seventeen degrees here this time of year. Um, though I'm able to hang laundry up outside to dry rather than use the dryer, so that's kind of exciting. It's. <laughs> um, <so, laughs> So there's. That's is what. One of the things that. One of the problems, of course, is convincing people to think long term, or even medium term, right, rather than just two or three weeks or two or three months. Um, situation
2: sp- should be more stable, and yeah. those decisions they made make situation even more unstable. So now, uh, Russia has, you know, a lot of problems like those uh, Chavakar Wagner stuff. Yep. Is what this is you know destroying state monopoly on violence it's really serious yes it's really serious stuff so uh it leads to complete disintegration of the state but it leads like next year two years yeah and nobody understands it but it will lead you know to you know, horrible organized crime, clans, you know, yeah. dividing the country with their own armies, you know, heavily equipped with, you know, tanks or uh, even, even aircraft.
0: Well, this is the something. thing. Wagner have, they have an air force. I mean, this is the thing. And is uh, now I, I'm no fan of Blackwater either. Um, <laughs> but I don't think they have fighter jets. Uh, it's very... It's You mentioned, I mean, medieval is actually the perfect uh, way to put it because it's a very medieval approach, which is there are the knights, so the officers, and everybody else, and we treat everybody else like crap, um, They do most of the dying. They also have been told they can't make decisions on their own. They have to call Moscow to see if they're allowed to shoot their gun. Um, It's not quite that intense, but it's close, Um, you know, so... Uh we end up with this situation where we have these, you know, what I guess it's now if if the 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 two independent peoples republics have their own military forces using, you know, rifles from the first world war, um, those guys, uh, so you have like at least four or five different militaries uh in there. I mean, I realize they're all kind of they're all in the same team, sort of thing, but they aren't really even. Communicating you know, within themselves much less to each other.
2: It's you know, Lord of this land have have it all has its own yes. army and he joins forces with, you know, Lord of these place. It's like, you know, Game of Thrones. Well, it's like Ken
0: was like, saying about that game he was playing. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. So, you exactly. know. Exactly. Uh, Riveran, you know, uh, join his forces with you know uh, Starks from Winterfell, and they attack Lannisters from western lands. It's something like that. It yeah. won't work, but people don't understand this because the consequences will be.
0: Yeah. In a year, for yeah, yeah that's right, a year, right. and that's really long term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is probably a good place for us to pack this in. And we've also lost Ken. So we shouldn't talk for too long without Ken because he'll think that we're trying to sort of, you know, get him out of the band. Um, so, uh, no, no, of course not. Of course not. Uh, we, we should remind you to, and I will have links in the post at tangentialconvergence.com to give to various charities you can for the people of Ukraine. Uh, and uh, I will say that you can follow Ken on Twitter at Ken Herndon. You can follow me at deepbroadback. You can find all kinds of podcasts I do just by following me on twitter you can even listen to me and steve cliche talk about Mad Men if you want you can listen to me and anthony talk about old tv shows you can listen to me and isabel go shopping the running theme here is that i'm in these podcasts um uh thanks again dan we'll have you back again and uh really appreciate it thanks again eh?
2: thanks yeah bye